0: L O L. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Rama S, Ari Rockefeller,
1: Mako Chan, and Sailor Flair. Hey everyone, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number one hundred and thirty. We are that podcast that talks about anime, cons, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Rama S.
2: I'm Ari Rockefeller.
1: And I'm Michael-chan. Well, it's good to hear from you guys one more time this week. Yep. And the audio quality is pretty damn good. Yep. So, I hope you guys like my pre-show.
3: That every last week, song
1: was kind of meh.
2: Every <laughs> week you find a new way to horrify us.
1: I don't mean to horrify people, but... You forget, I have a very eclectic taste in music.
2: As do I.
1: No, that last song was just meh.
3: Uh, it was put together crappily. Well, uh, uh,
1: well I can kind of agree because that is my, actually my second time listening to that. His stuff's, Delta stuff stuff's really on par, so I guess everyone's entitled to one. You know? Yeah, it just, it sounded off. Hmm.
3: I mean, I actually like Dubstep for at least dancing and
1: things like that. That just, it didn't blend well. Fair enough. And we are live tonight, week of September 10, 2013. Check out our interactive chat room at live.vognetwork.com. If you have a chat client such as Merck, XChat, or Chatzilla, it is irc.gamesurge.net. The chat room is V-O-G. Or, if you want, you can head on over to AnimeJamSession.com, click on VOG Network, and there is a link for chat clients to click for you to click on and it'll automatically load up. So, come on in, enjoy the fun, the bar is open, let's do this. So, let's see, da 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 da, da. Oh. Ari, how was your week and how was your day?
2: Well, the uh, bowling league I was in started up this past Friday, and... Uh well, whenever anyone says that their league is going to be informal, it's a shorthand way of saying we can and will be severely disorganized. Mm. And since I ended up signing up, quote unquote, late and it was just by myself, I ended up being on a team of random peoples, which is pretty much what happens when you pick, pick the random team generator in a you know wrestling video game or something like that.
1: What? Wrestling meme generator? What?
2: Random team generator.
1: Close enough.
2: But, uh... Yeah, I... thought I did alright, but obviously I need more practice, and... Well, some of these people have been bowling for way too fucking long. Hmm. But, yeah, the, uh... It's on Friday, so I'm probably gonna have the pre-bowl tomorrow. So I can, uh... Have my scores recorded, otherwise I'll just... Record have my my quote unquote score for the week is my average minus ten pins.
1: That's not bad.
2: Hmm. Not really carrying that no, high of an average. But uh, on, on a much lighter note, I found a a web based version of Cards Against Humanity.
1: Oh yeah, I remember hearing about that about a week or two ago because a good friend of the show, Kyle Bear, there is a card about him in there. Yeah. <laughs> oh God.
2: And. He, <laughs> How, how did he react
1: to it? Uh, he thinks it's funny as hell. Yeah, it, it was. Co- he was caught off guard.
2: I'll find a link to it and unleash uh, it on the chat for them.
1: All right.
2: I. I no, uh, no Reginator. I said random with an R.
1: Mm. Yeah, The website is cah.socialgamer.net. So
2: there's a bunch of expansions, including one for ponies, one for furries. And one for the That Guy With the Glasses Network of Contributors.
1: See, knowing me... They I They w- just need to be printed out so that we can play them. Yes. I don't know if I would get the pony expansion deck because I do oh, have a lot of... Do lo- it. All right, because I know I have a lot of pony fr- brony friends, but you know. But given it's Cards Against Humanity, I know if we play it, we'll have some fans and some haters. So the proper mix will make everybody happy.
3: Do it for uh, next Saturday.
1: I can't. When everybody's down by my place. I can't do it for next Saturday. Why not? In order for me, it's going to cost me about ten bucks to get them printed up. Ten to fifteen dollars, because I have to send. I have to go to a special website, have them printed up, because they'll print them just like um the um the glossy poker cards, like the normal uh card cardstock. Games. Yes.
2: Hmm, understandable. But, uh, let's see how long before we see a uh vog network expansion hmm?
1: um that would be dark titsuya's job because he's the one that did um orange Lounge revolution for step mania, so I would guess he's um in charge of uh, Vogue vog um card games and table stock and all that good shit so so d t you have work to do son
2: What's his name again? I don't think I've met him
1: dark titsuya he hasn't been a v- he hasn't been around lately. I think he's too busy with his fiance. I don't know.
2: Oh, that kind of busy. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I, w- I wouldn't go that far.
2: I would. <laughs>
1: uh, anywho. <laughs> Christ. Mako-chan, how was your week and how was your day?
3: Um, for the most part, it was pretty damn boring. Uh... I read through what is out of Attack on Titan, um, for the manga, which gets really, really, really fucking twisted. And, uh, currently I'm almost finished reading the, uh, Shaman King sequel. Mm. Or at least what's out of it. That sounds pretty good but yeah I mean that's that's basically it I've been catching up on anime catching up on manga
2: I would say can't catching up on fanfic but that's probably a given as well
3: that is definitely a given <laughs> but yeah I'm really 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 enjoying the Shaman King sequel
1: you know it's kind of interesting it's with their kids you know it's like I think a lot of people who read manga would love to see a sequel where it's the next generation per se. Well, there's actually... They're pulling in a lot of the original
3: characters because it's not as... It's only... It's taking place um, 13 years after the original Mm. or 15 years after the original. Because by the end of it, uh... Yo was, uh... I think, 15? And he ended up having his child at 16.
2: Holy team pregnancy, Batman.
3: Yeah, well, um... That's what kind of happens when you don't have to... You know, when you're, like, taking care of things like that. It was his duty. Hmm... You mean? So, yeah, I mean, yes,
1: duty. I think call it duty. Duty. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Anyone who knows how to pleasure w- a woman will know exactly what duty means.
1: Mm.
3: Yeah, well, considering who Eyes his wife pack. is, that's kind of creepy.
1: Uh, Ari, let's, let's, let's not go there, because I will, I, will ment- I will make you do mental bleach in a heartbeat, okay? Don't.
2: Do your worst.
3: Alright, well... I'll anyway... Can- <laughs> God damn
2: it.
3: Anyway, so, I mean, it's pulling in a lot of the original characters who have been looking over... Um, looking over their kid. Because they're not around. Mm. It's it's following a lot of... Uh, like, his being he's definitely a mix of both of his parents and the storyline seems to sort of be following the uh original storyline but it's taking things that were said in that original story things that were left unfinished Mm. and basically pulling them into this story so it's really good
1: that sounds good
3: yeah i noticed it last night as i was actually trying to go to sleep (laughs) and I just started reading, and I'm like, I have to go to
1: bed. This doesn't work out now. See, but you got to understand something. Sleep is for the week.
3: Yeah, well, when you have work the next day, and you're already trying to go to sleep,
1: and there's only five hours before you have to get up, it's a very good thing to go to bed. See, that's why you need an app where you can pull that to your ta- to your phone or tablet and read on your break.
2: You well, you no, I catch
1: up on Facebook too. on my break. Mm. You know? What was that, Ari?
2: So it must lead to some really weird dreams on your part, huh, Mako? You
1: you don't read her Facebook that that much, do you? This is just me. It gets I, lost I,
2: in my shuffle.
3: I just I, I normally have really fucked up dreams. What? Well, like, Rama sent me Rama <laughs> sent me a link to a picture on my Facebook. <laughs> 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 and it it was basically snake in. A semi bikini because of uh, the whole issue that's going on with uh, things that were said that shouldn't have been said.
1: Mind you, and, mind you, he kind of looks more like Kurt Russell. But keep going.
3: Well, he's not solid snake. He's naked snake. Sli- <laughs> naked
1: snake. So,
3: um, yeah. Anyway, and, and I just like. I know you were thinking that it was gonna like screw with my head, and I'm like, you know what? It- it's disturbing and semi-erotic, mm. and that's normally what my dreams are anyway. So it's just fuel for the fire.
1: So did you wake up in the morning wanting a pack of smokes? No. <laughs> <I woke up laughs> in the morning, wanted to go back to sleep. <laughs> 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 Terrible. I enjoy my sleep. I don't give a shit. And we go to the chat room at live.vognetwork.com Degenerate Johnny says Mako's dream usually involved Death Note and bronies. I have fan art of that. What are we going to do with you? Yeah. <laughs> mm. so, There's really a lot of ways to answer that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not just say that we did. Yeah, most
3: of it involves really fucked up fanfiction ideas.
1: Anyway. You are looking for punishment, so.
3: Yeah, and how about you, Ranma? How
1: was your weekend by? Pretty good, pretty good. I'm looking job hunting pretty much, and... I'm getting, re- and I'm getting ready for Nauticons this weekend along with Ari. Um, I got my Naval Barrett costume in, and I put it on. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know what happened. The same measurements that Alicia used for my human Artemis didn't go over well, so it's a little tight on me. But I can still rock the costume like nobody else's business and um there is a army navy store like up the street from me i might actually think about buying another naval jacket shirt or something like that just to wear as well so i haven't fully decided Mm -hmm. but i gotta say compared to the first two uh, variants of the naval costume that i had this one's pretty fucking swanky i ain't gonna lie now the thing is, I don't know because what I did was when I redid on uh, Naval Barrett, I went out and got his name tag and a set of awards, you know, generic awards for if you've been in the Navy for about three to six years. I fully mm-hmm. haven't decided if I'm going to wear those or not. It just depends on how how I feel.
2: I'd I say you should go for it.
1: Well, uh, I, I I usually save that for um, I usually save that for like when I'm like doing like formal dances or something like that because it's just, like. Formal attire per se. So, but I also came up with the idea of you know what, might as well bring Garda belt and be a little uh, liquored up. You know, go to all the you know go to all the um, room parties and bless the um, bless the parties and shit. You know, that would be pretty cool.
2: <laughs> or just, or in character wise, it could be panting and stocking as have driven you to drink.
1: Pretty much. Oh, and Ari, just for the record, our yeah. room is in the party block. Oh, cool. Yeah, and we have our own private beach.
2: Nice.
1: Yeah. So, um, you're,
2: you're, you'll be bringing Cards Against Humanity, right?
1: I have not decided because I think one of the guys in the room ha- will have his set. I'll find out from him first if he has yeah. his set because he he put Cards Against Humanity mixed it in with apples against, apples to apples, so it's apples against humanity.
2: (laughs) Better to have both sets than neither set, you know?
1: Well, I may end up packing it anyway. Most of my stuff is kind of sitting out here, per se, so I know what to throw together.
2: I still have my bottle of tequila. I'll bring that. Sweet.
3: Yeah, I don't want any phone calls having to uh, bail you out of jail. Just putting that out there now.
2: Oh, they won't be phone calls. They'll be texts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We we depending on the timing, we may we may have to drunk call um, under sedation live. <laughs> oh dear God. <laughs> I think Travis will call that. We go to the chat room at uh, at the LiveVogNetwork.com. Misty goes private beach calls in sick for con. Well, hey, you know.
2: I got a mankini just for this private beach. Hey-ho! Oh, really? You weren't going to give me a horrified reaction? That's what I was banking on.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that that's very ew.
2: <laughs> I
1: don't know, I figured I'd throw that right back at you. Mm. Alright, so also, let's see, what else is going on? Um, We have brand new neighbors on the podcast. Um, right before us now is Electric Sisterhood, Tuesday nights at 8 Um, I don't know if they'll be doing an encore. I I don't know yet. So if they do, you'll be the first to know. But um, say hi to our neighbors. Swing by around 8 o'clock. You know, listen to them. Borrow a cup of sugar. They got plenty. See, vognetwork.com. Check-ins are live. Check out our forums. I think that's the meat and potatoes of it. And I think we should go ahead and start um, getting ready to the break. Because we got some great stuff to talk about. And a very interesting article that happened that popped up in my lap today to make make tonight's show freaking awesome.
2: Alright, I'll do that. Alrighty.
1: Alright, let me set it up to where it's supposed to be. There we go, and we will be back right after this.
4: please check out some of our independent podcasting friends. It's Orange Lounge Radio, where they discuss video games, gamer culture, and lifestyle with Sky, Dark Sakura, and Loki. Listen live Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on vognetwork.com. And right before them is the Bobby Blackwolf Show. It's video games and gamer talk starting at 8 p.m. If Warcraft is your taste, listen to Horde House with Sky and Extifer Wednesdays at 10. If you want a more female perspective of what we do, Listen to Electric Sisterhood with Ninja Sister and Pandelicious at electricsisterhood.com. If you prefer geek slash pop culture and sci-fi, it's podculture.net with Brad, Mondays at 9, and Under Sedation Live with Travis and Jessica, Saturdays at 10. Also check out the Brooklyn Otaku with D-Styles and Company. You can find them at facebook.com slash the Brooklyn Otaku.
1: Okay, before we even start the podcast off, I mean we got news in full swing. I just heard some really f- some really fucked up news and I'm kind of sad about it. What happened? Um you you know the South Street Seaport, right?
2: I'm not familiar with it. Okay,
1: lower Manhattan about it's pretty much like on the other side of where Ground Zero is if you walk in the other direction. It's uh South Street Seaport. It's like a rustic historical area of New York City, per se. And you can walk down and you see a nice skyline view of Brooklyn, the bridges, everything. And they have and there's a mall there. Mm-hmm. And you can hang out there and have good times. I remember my first time there was years ago for the Blockbuster World video game competition. A friend of mine was in the New York Regionals, so... And I was just down there with some friends after Senshi Matsuri. I just found out today that they're shutting the mall down.
2: The whole mall?
1: Yeah. Without the mall, there's nothing there. I mean, you have the mall, you have a couple of historical ships there, and you have the water taxi that takes you over to Brooklyn other locations. It was It was very touristy.
2: But without that mall, the place is just going to dry up, huh?
1: Yeah, there are some... It'll dry up, but not as much because before you cross the street over to it, there are other shops in the area. And you know the um the bodies exhibit. It's like ac- it's over in the uh, across the street from it. You know. Mhm. So I mean, it's something, but still, it's it's kind of nice to have a place. You know, you can go and hang out. But on the plus side, that means one less GameStop.
2: Yeah, that's got to take the good with the bad, huh?
1: And because you said that the theme from Facts to Life is running through my head, thank you very much.
2: You're welcome.
1: (laughs) You (laughs) lying son of a bitch.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't even trying to. It just slipped out.
1: I know, I know. Certain memory things are... Certain keywords... (laughs) Wow. Luckily, it was
3: messages to myself. So she didn't, like, inadvertently message people. But... Because of all of that, I've had to actually unplug the uh, keyboard when I'm not using it.
1: That kind of sucks. And you know what else sucks? Hmm. Remember when uh, when I said my computer froze for a split second? Yeah. yeah. It, it stopped the recording of the podcast. Oh, my God. Everything is fine. Don't worry about it. Everything is going fine. It was just because it froze for that one split second.
2: You got it back up and running. Yeah, the only thing
1: thing the podcast missed was my announcement and Storm playing with catnip, so we're good. (sighs) Yeah, that's fine. If it was anything else more, I probably would have said, you know what, fuck it. We're calling it a night, people. Talk to you next time. But um, also, I forgot to mention, we have a Skype line, so... Um, Anytime you want to call in about anything we're talking about on a topic, um, we'll we'll Skype you in right after we talk about it. Uh, Our Skype line is Anime Jam Session, so it's open and give us a call. Alright, now now let's go ahead, because last week I forgot to talk about Heroes of Cosplay.
2: You sound disappointed.
1: No, not really. (laughs) Why would I be disappointed about talking about something that that, that, that grates the minds of a bunch of people a bunch of cosplayers w- why would I? I mean really
2: I, I still get that uncontrollable twitch in my eye when I hear that title
1: mm. I want a Heroes of Cosplay fighting game enough said so let's talk about episode 4 real quick and um, we're, we're going to need some um, some uh, music for the no I'll save the music for, um, for when we talk about it more in depth Pretty much this episode takes place at Anime Matsuri where on a couple of podcasts we did discuss some of the issues and the problems that was going on behind the scenes of the show. So they, in this one it seems like they're talking, focusing more on the technical aspect of making the costumes and the parts that were needed which is good. But we also see that uh, Monica is getting an internship with Blizzard. Now, my issue is with that when you're interviewing, doesn't I guess unless you're a fashion major, but doesn't matter what your what your major is per se. You should always have some sort of professional dress to you, even though the place where you're working is completely casual. I mean, not for nothing. I probably would I probably would have to weigh heavily on her. Um, on her binder of art to bring her into my company if she showed up at my door wearing that. What she was wearing is more along the lines of what you wear, I guess, when you're out with your friends on a date or something like that, you know? Also, they talked about prejudging. They don't really prejudge like that, per se. You have your craftsmanship judging, which happens at conventions, and then if you're doing a masquerade skit, you doing your judging again. And that's generally you're in a different costume or something like that. And the thing is, that type of judging is completely optional unless you want it to. That's for masquerades, and the other one's just for whole cosplay. I guess with some cons, it's starting to change things around. Uh, And if you notice, most of our heroes of cosplay haven't won awards per se. It's just like, it's just yeah mm. now um, one of the t- heated topics that we talked about was um, one of the girls the show Jessica she was having an allergic reaction to wool now I said that cosplayers will not purposely use fabrics and materials that will make themselves allergic unless they had an absolute reason to do so like if you're doing face paint or something like that and if you if you have if it's you have no other choice but so be it. I, I didn't that,
2: know you could have an allergy to wool.
1: Yeah. I'm slightly allergic to wool. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But the thing is, one part of the scene was faked, though. She was aller- she is allergic to wool, but what happened was, she went over to the side puked in a garbage can. From my understanding, that was scripted.
2: Not to mention, wouldn't an allergy like that just make you itchy and red all over
1: probably so I mean, yeah she she break out in hives that. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah it's a common reaction to things like uh latex allergy
1: mm-hmm. and also like i remember at Catscon years ago uh a friend of mine we were doing a bleach kit and he got very sick friday night and we're all like you know what dude if you're going to be sick the whole weekend we're kill we're 86ing the skit he's like fuck that we're doing the skit one way or another somehow he willed himself better and he was able and we did the skit.
2: It's that heroic shonen determination that he had.
1: Yeah, it also reminds me of when I got sick before uh Pax East last year and I said, "Fuck this. I'm not letting this illness get the best of me." Mako was there for that. Yeah, he was
3: really sick the night before we were going to leave and then he just started downing orange
1: juice and Tussin and-, and all Yeah, and was fine. Mm hmm. I'm like, uh uh. I'm not letting this shit happen. No way, no chance, no how. And, um. Now. Usually what happens is when it comes to cosplay, you always meet other cosplayers and you want to do skits or craftsmanships with them. And it happens. Sometimes you want to, sometimes you don't. And there's always. And you're always like kind and chill about how it's like, you know, maybe we should work together to do this or that. Um, and th- there's a scene where Becky asked Monica about, I think, Kansas City Con, Con Comic Expo. They wanted to do a, a team cosplay. Monica pretty much said that your shit stinks. Your skills are not up to mine. Ouch. Now, I, I understand there are times where we can get um, like that per se, but um.
2: Also, drinking in cross cross reference. Did it come off as forced or stilted?
1: Neither. It was just like you know how I am when you ask me certain questions. And I just straight up say it. No fucks given. Yeah. It was no fucks given. Well,
2: huh, I guess I would have been wrong about that then, huh?
1: Yeah. Like I said. I, I mean, are enough for nothing. You should watch it. Just just listen for the scripted and, the, and the, con, the technical aspects of it. But in this scene right here, she just straight up said it. You don't go saying shit like that. that ain't right. Mm. <sighs> and that's the long and short. And I know right now there are people watching uh, Heroes of Cosplay. And if you are watching, head over to AnimeJamSession.com. Scroll down the page a bit and there will see a link to the Heroes of Cosplay drinking game. You are guaranteed to be shit-faced in 20 minutes. You don't believe me? (laughs) Try it. Unfortunately, I'm not doing it tonight because I have to save what alcohol I have for uh, this weekend.
3: And then bring Uh all the extra next weekend.
1: Something like that, and onto Mark goes. Whoa, momentarily dead air. Sorry about that. That was from when the podcast froze up, so everything is going to kind of slide right through. All right, let's go ahead and start and start off on our awesome list of topics. Um, Maka, would you like to go first? Uh, yeah, sure. I
3: guess. Mm-hmm. Let me just load this up. Uh, okay um, over sexualize the hypocrisy of slut shaming and cosplay here we go uh, this has been making the rounds um, on tumblr and being put onto facebook and twitter and all of that um yeah why do sexy cosplayers garner so much negative attention Uh, That chick isn't even a real geek, we just want attention, she just wants attention attention from all the geese because they will just drool all over her. Ugh, look at that girl, she's such a slut, look at her wearing that little schoolgirl outfit. Uh, And then more of that. Um, These are just a few paraphrased comments I have overheard or read online. There's a litany of accusations reserved for cosplayers who don sexy costumes, despite that it might be accurate to that character. There is even more backlash if they make a character appeal sexier than the original depiction with some sort of burlesque variant or otherwise. The Cosplay Is Not Consent campaign is going strong. Many conventions now display warning signs with this slogan throughout the halls. For anyone unfamiliar with the phrase, shortly put, it is a reminder that harassing a person in a skimpy cosplay is not acceptable. If she asks for the she asked for it mentality must end. This is a major social issue, not just a cosplay community issue. But I'm here mostly to discuss the latter, since that is what we are doing on this blog. I think I can safely say that the vast majority of cosplayers cosplay because they love the characters. Other cosplayers might cosplay because they like the challenge of a new or more elaborate outfit. Some people cosplay because it makes them feel good about themselves, and God forbid, sometimes it even makes them feel sexy. And what is wrong with being sexy? Nothing. Unless, apparently, if you show it to the world. This is Slut Shaming, pure and simple. This is just as the same as telling a rape victim that it was her fault. There is no excuse for it. Uh, let's look at some of the complaints mi- misconceptions about sexy cosplay. These girls are fake geeks looking to entice men. Who the what now? No one has the right to label another person as inauthentic. Let's not forget the girls aren't real geeks. Ridiculousness. I can't tell you how many complaints and articles and videos and images pop up on uh, pop on my dash daily about the plate of girl geeks in in nerd culture. Fake anything is not a valid argument. As far as I'm concerned, the moment you decide to dress like a fictional character of any kind automatically labels you a geek. Do you really think someone in normal society is going to spend tons of money on a hobby to just look slutty and get laid? Uh, yeah. Mm. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's, um, what strippers do, and that's what uh, porn stars do. Anyway... Um, going back to the article, I'm, pl- I'm pretty sure the rest of the world doesn't think cosplay is sexy. Let me check. And it's a Google search image of uh, cosplayers are, and then things that Google puts into that. Cosplayers mm. are weird, cosplayers are ugly, cosplayers are stupid, and cosplayers are annoying. Nope, not one mention of sexy actually nothing positive at all if girls were looking to make men notice them then they can do it in a pair of booty shorts and a tank top from old navy and not worry about any of the intricacies of props and sewing which not for nothing a lot of closet cosplay when they're doing it um... their versions quote unquote of characters is usually booty shorts and uh, a tank top mm. anyway sexy cosplayers are sluts Really, you have statistics on this. Please show me. Not only do you have no proof, but the idea of slut in this av- in this usage denotes a girl who has a lot of sex. There's no problem with the girl having sex with whomever she deems worthy for whatever reason. And seeing as how I've been cosplaying for years and only lost my virginity at age 23, I don't think I fit the belt, even at my fittest. So next BS argument, please. She shouldn't dress that way if she doesn't want attention. Attention? Attention is fine. I love attention. I adore it. But there is a difference between attention and harassment. Looking, no touching is generally a safe stance to take. This is probably, like, going off on my own tangent, this is probably the one thing that I definitely agree with. Um, The people that are so against all the attention that they get when they dress sexy, that's what I have an issue with. Yeah. With all of this uh... Like cosplay's consent and things like that. Mm-hmm. They think that because they're dr- like, they have this mentality that even though they're dressing in something like booty shorts and a tank top, that people should just basically walk away from them and not pay them attention. And the thing is, when you are dressing, that's so far out of the norm, and even so far out of the norm for cosplay that's going to attract attention and whether it's negative or positive it's still attention and like there people need to understand that when you're dressing in a certain way you are going to be attracting attention it's like uh, people that talk about the rape culture and say, well, I should be able to wear whatever I want to and walk wherever I want to. Yes, you should be able to do that, but at the same time, you really need to think. If you're wearing something like that, people are going to notice you. People are not going to look away and say, oh, look, that she's pretty. If you're wearing booty shorts and a tank top and you're walking down a black street with no lights on, people are going to notice that you're wearing booty shorts and a
1: tank top anyway sounds like you're also aware of your surroundings i don't think a lot of cosplayers do that
3: it's not the fact it is the fact that you have to be aware of the surroundings but a lot of people think that they should be able to do whatever they want to and i agree in a perfect society you would be able to wear what you want and do what you want and have no problems the only problem is society is not perfect and people are not perfect and there are perverts out there yep. and instead of thinking hey you know what maybe I should you know, walk on the street that's lit or maybe I shouldn't walk through this park in the middle of the night um, wearing nothing but a mini skirt and high heels and a halter top I mean, that's that's my issue with this. Not that there's anything wrong with wearing whatever the hell you want to, but people need to think that uh, people need to realize that people are idiots, and some people are really good about it. And even if they are idiots, they're not going to be those idiots that you know come over and grope you. And then there are going to be those idiots that didn't grow up with parents that say you know what you probably shouldn't do this to women and it just it completely it's like yes it's like the good versus the evil of this whole thing and In the rape culture, that's, like, really, really bad. And it's like, oh, you shouldn't be... You know, that's, like, blaming the person that got raped. Well, it's not blaming the person that they got got raped. It's more along the lines of, you know what, you did something really, really stupid. I'm not blaming you that you got raped because that's somebody else's idiotic problem. But you could have prevented it at the same time. Or prevented... The situation that you were in to do that and it's the same way with all of these cosplayers if you don't want attention negative or positive then you need to think about what you are portraying yourself as okay
0: Mm
3: -hmm. um anyway back to the article uh she's making us look bad What makes us look bad? Cosplay is a visual art. Cosplayers are probably the bravest members of geek culture, for they are putting themselves on display, declaring, I am a geek, I am proud, and I love this character. Once you put yourself out in public, there is no undoing it. In this respect, cosplay is the face of geek culture. That might be the actual problem, not just for sexy cosplayers, but every cosplayer, young and old, fat or skinny, dark or fair. Uh yeah and that's that's basically it um it's basically saying to embrace who you are and who cares about what other people think of your hobbies and that just because you're dressing like that doesn't mean that you are a porn star or you are um portraying yourself as a porn star Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's like i look at this stuff and yes i agree with a lot of what she's saying But at the same time, people really need to think about the other people out there. I know it's a shitty thing that you have to do to actually think about how you are going to portray yourself based on other people. But at the same time, when you're going to a convention and you're dressing as Ms. Marvel or you're dressing as poison ivy or you're dressing as anything else like that you have to think about the people that are going to be going to those conventions that are not going to be able to control themselves if you are of the mind that if they do something to you you're going to freak out then you either need to not wear what you're going to wear or you need to have somebody there as backup
1: Exactly, because when a lot of my female friends do those type of scantily cat cosplays, I'm like, you know, I'll walk with you if you need me, and they're like, sometimes I'm like, yeah, sure, but just walk back a little bit so that way I don't scare off a lot of guys, which is understandable. And sometimes I'm like, right there. It's like a conversation I had with an associate of mine. You live your life the way you want to, I live my life the way I want to, but just remember you have to respect the boundaries of other people's lives. If somebody does something that you don't like you don't get to walk up to them, tell them you can't do that, that's wrong. You have to learn to adapt and work around that. Same thing with cosplay. You're gonna you can cosplay something and some people aren't gonna like it, they're gonna say this, this and that. Be prepared for it. And just learn to proper just learn to deal with it. You don't have to you can be happy or you can be sad about this or that. You just have to learn to be prepared and understand what's going to happen if someone says this or says that. But also if it's a lot of negativity, just take it with a grain of salt. It kind of reminds me of when I met this one girl who was dressed as Harley Quinn from um Arkham Asylum Batman Arkham Asylum. At first I looked at it, I thought the costume was a little bit too short, so I was like, I don't know. I thought maybe she was trying to fit in or something, but we actually had a good conversation. We talked for a few. She just liked the character and wanted to wear it. And I'm like, hey, it's all for it. And come to find out, I was one of the few guys actually walked up and talked to her. I guess some guys were intimidated. I don't know. Whatevs. I
3: don't know. My whole thing with this is there's a lot of stuff that I have said that people would say, you know what, you're slut-shaming. And you know what, if that's the case, then so be it. But I'm not going to adjust my own personal feelings. Exactly. To make somebody else feel better. Have I gone up to somebody and said, you know what, you're a fucking slut, you need to put clothes on? No. And I never would
1: do that. That's more along the but lines of my, slut-shaming per se, you know?
3: Yeah. My own opinion, though, is that, one, cosplay to your body type. And you know what, that's a lot of people go fucking nuts over that. It's like, oh, you should be able to wear whatever you want to. You know what, wear whatever you want to, but be prepared for people to give you shit for Mm -hmm. it. And you know what? If you can't take that, don't wear it. If you don't have the balls to be able to allow somebody to come up to you and then go back at that person and say, you know what? Fuck you. Don't wear it. (coughs) If you're going to go online and whine and cry and scream that, oh my God, this person said something and you did not have the balls to say something back and defend yourself, don't wear the outfit. Mm Mm-hmm. If you are going to have a problem with somebody staring at your tits when you have nothing but cleavage and a bodysuit and you're not going to stand up for yourself and say, what the fuck are you staring at? And instead you're going to go online and go, oh my God, these people, I I felt like such, such a tool and I felt like people were just staring
1: at me. You know what? don't wear the outfit. Yeah.
2: Cause I think not standing up for yourself would make you feel more like
1: a tool. No, I think standing up for yourself will make you more confident because if you call somebody out right then and there guaranteed, somebody's going to be walking by, assess the situation and be like, dude, you need to step back.
2: That, that, that's what I, that's what I meant. Like yeah. not standing up for you, would make you look more like a tool.
1: Right.
3: You know, like, I would never go up to somebody and say, you know what, you need to put clothes on. But at the same time, there are a lot of cosplayers out there now that are over-sexualizing their outfits. Mm-hmm. You want to you wanna take an outfit and you want to base it completely on that cosplay and that character, that's fine. I have no problem with the people that cosplay as, say, Morgan or cosplay as Felicia, and all they have on is a either really thin bodysuit and their boobs are hanging out. I have no problem with that because that's the character. When you take a character and you purposely over sexualize that. and I'm not talking about themes. I'm not talking about doing like a steampunk version or doing like, something like that. I'm not talking about going to themes, but when you take, say, Iron Man, and you know what? I'm going to do Iron Man, but all I'm going to do is wear a red bikini and a light on my chest.
2: That that not sound I, like Iron Man.
3: Exactly. Mm-hmm. It is so far off from the actual concept of the character that it, it's almost... It, it is like it. you are over-sexualizing that. You want to do... I understand if you're going to do, say, a photo shoot in a pool or a photo shoot in the bath, like, in a shower or something. You know what? You want to do something like that, that's fine. But if you're going to walk around in the during a convention in nothing but a red bikini with a light on your chest and, say, gloves and a helmet, that's not – that doesn't, to me, say cosplay. Yet others are going to say, you know what? That's That's their – that's their idea, that's their concept, they're cosplaying but at the same time my opinion also matters Mm -hmm. and again I'm not going to go up to that person and say you know what you need to put clothes on because that's not the the type of person I am but at the same time I'm going to have my own opinion of that cosplay Mm -hmm. and I don't think that that should be labeled as slut shaming even though it is
1: fair enough all right, now, now quickly, someone give Maka some chocolate so she can calm down. <laughs> Shut up. All right, moving on. I'll, uh, speaking of cosplay, and I said we were going to come back to this, um, from Anime News Network, um, one of the guys over there, one of the editors, uh, Zach, he made this article called, Five Things I've Learned from Sci-Fi's Heroes of Cosplay. Um, oh, this ought to be fun. But we're going to need some music to go with this. Because, uh. like I said, you know, if they redid the opening theme, opening to Heroes of Cosplay with the Street Fighter 2 theme, the show would be 10 times better. So, a few weeks ago, uh, uh, Sci Fi began airing a docudrama on cosplaying called Heroes of Cosplay. Some people were all for it. Some people, not so much. But as Zack talks about his 14th year in the anime cosplay industry, being around cosplayers, being in the front, and being behind the scenes and so forth. And, you know, from watching the episode, he kind of discovered a few, few things, you know, here and there. And he discovered that Heroes of Cosplay taught him five very important things. Number five Find
2: new ways to hate himself.
1: <sighs> Probably. Number five. Any idea for a reality show is viable, even if you don't really know what the show is supposed to be about.
2: <laughs>
1: it's, important to, it's important to point out exactly what this show is trying to accomplish it's a reality competition show where professional cosplayers from around the country test their mettle judged by a panel of respected talent no it isn't that You know, it appears that they attempt to bring in elements of that format they put a bunch of famous cosplayers in a house together with a fully stocked bar and then they have them compete against each other bickering in between physical challenges no it isn't that either it is an unflinching documentary style look inside a secret world of pro-cosplaying pro cosplay It sounds like pro-bowling, but anywho. Complete with in-depth interviews and behind-the-scenes footage. While it's trying to do that, he's not sure what the show is trying to do. It show, They have a handful of regular cosplayers, including cosplay ambassador Yaya Han, bickering best buddies Holly and Jessica, um, and a couple of others, plus a mix of other locals who you don't see again, because I started watching for the one guy, Jesse, because he's in it for the fun of it. Yeah, ever since, like, episodes one and two, we haven't heard hide no hair from him, so... Uh
2: Uh-oh, the F F word.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they fly to mid-range conventions like Wizard World Portland or Anime Matsuri to their masquerade, which none of them doesn't actually win, you know? It's just, we just see them fight, argue, and just stress out. And that's what they're trying to portray. There's very little focus and the climax of each episode is usually just a dull thud where some random guy in a League of Legends cosplay takes home the comprise. Everyone just goes home empty handed, having spent about 48 hours behaving as though their lives will come to a sudden and painful end if they can't get the zipper up on their latex Black Widow cosplay. But the show goes on, rudderless and seemingly without much of a game plan. Where will the show end? Are they going to end up who loaded the masquerade AX2013 with a series of regulars and just cross their fingers and give them all, give them places? The only person on the show seems capable of winning much of anything given the nature of the cosplay judging of Yaya Han. She doesn't compete anymore. So what's the point in all of this? I suppose it just doesn't matter. And we go to the chat room real quick and go on to Mark goes, What? Number one was Yaya tits fake?
2: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It was. Yes, Gosh, it they was. Cool your yayas.
1: <laughs> oh, I remember that.
2: That's actually a thing, and it's ongoing, and I love it.
1: Mm. Number four, <coughs> cosplaying is a viable full-time career with major earning potential. Yeah, if you have a if you have a sweatshop. Mm. That's just my personal opinion, but neither here nor there. Over the years, I've known many, many cosplayers, some casual, some dramatically more serious than others, and most familiar among a lot of them when it comes to the base motivation for spending hundreds of hours and thousands of dollars constructing an elaborate costume is that they always first focus on the joy of the craftsmanship, when the camaraderie of their cosplaying buddies convention being a close second. While some of my cosplay pals went on to use their skills they picked up in costumes in their careers, in some cases becoming a legit fashion designer, full-time seamstresses, and professional costumers in film and television, not a one of them ever expressed the desire or ever believed that putting a costume on and wandering on a convention hall will, will actually become their full-time job. Most con masquerades don't even offer cash prizes, and if they did, it never topped a grand. Which is your average high-end cosplayer wouldn't even cover the price of the costume itself. Once you factor in the conventional hotel room and airfare if you're flying, a generous masquerade purse, a sweet grand will still have you well in the red. This is all a labor of love, not a profit-making enterprise. I know people who spend months, maybe up a year, planning out their cosplay and investing this much money. It's because... They want to do it just right to how they want it. They have this love and this passion they want to do with it, and I can't hate on that. I respect, I respect them beyond, above, and call of duty about that. Because if it was me, I would be taking that money and be like, "All right, I need this hard drive, I need this mixer, I need these microphones. I'm pushing my podcast to the next level. I'm pushing my interviews to the next level. You know? And why am I doing it? Because I fucking love it. But that's not necessarily the case with Heroes of Cosplay. In the first episode, the narrator mentions that cosplaying has created international superstars in a world of cosplay The stakes are no mere fantasy. Thousands of dollars are up for grabs in every competition and potentials for millions of new fans. Winning a competition can lead to unlimited businesses' opportunities. Funny, I don't hear any business opportunities knocking on my door. So, yeah. Well, Anyone with a sewing machine, little imagination, and first-hand knowledge of what Final Fantasy characters look like can become an overnight sensation, raking in thousands in competition prizes while the paid sponsorship gigs just roll right in. Rich and fame can be yours with the fabrication fingers and willingness to put in the hard work, and you can navigate through the cutthroat world of competitive cosplay. Now, this may go against literally everything I've witnessed myself or heard firsthand from dozens dozen longtime cosplayers I've spoken to about the financial side of cosplaying, but Heroes of Cosplay is here to let us all know that it's totally viable to score fat stacks of cash, dressing up like steampunk Creamy Mommy, while a handful of gaulky convention nerds slap blurry cell phone photos of you. Who knew it was such a growth industry? He didn't. Considering you have to really be in the cosplay in order to have heard of community's whopping two superstars only two people who appear to make anything close to a living wearing costumes at anime conventions. One of them is Jessica Negri who reportedly declined to appear in the show as a featured cosplayer. And the other one being um, Yaya Han, the Iron Fist Empress of the Cosplay Kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. And for that, we're going to need special music for that. Yes.
2: Yeah, I, I gotta tell you, though, if she was the Empress, then I'd be the one parading her head, her severed head on a stick around town <laughs> as we celebrate our new freedom and independence.
1: Viva la revolution! Viva la revolution! Shh! <laughs> Shit.
2: I will turn your head into a cereal bowl. Let
1: <laughs> hey, me go to the chat room real quick. We mentioned that there's a t-shirt called hashtag calm your Yaya's, and Ansel Mark says, everyone should buy the shirt before next Katsu, because you know Yaya's probably going to be there. <laughs> 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 See, now, now, here's the thing. I don't think she will find it as an insult, because people going to be like, what the hell is going on? And she's going to have a booth there. She, that's just free marketing for her.
2: But, I hate uh, it when an insult backfires like that. No,
1: it's okay. We will get the insult, but you got to give props to so who can turn an insult into pure cash. Mm.
2: So the, it won't be an insult backfire. It'll be an insult misfire.
1: Yes. Ah, Yaya Han, the undisputed star of this show, a hardworking. Voluptuous cosplayer who busts out ultra high quality and usually ultra low cut costumes at a seem, seemingly every major convention in the country, selling photos of herself, accessories, and so forth. There is a disclosure here from the writer of the article. He's known, yeah, for almost 20 years because they went, they were, she was a regular at, his, at the college anime club back in the late 90s. She went from a perfectly normal anime fan to a professional cosplayer and pinup model. How he did it just, just kind of mystified him. Weird? Sure. He said, his, he said his unfortunate Queen Bee stories about her, but he always thought it was impressive that someone, anyone at all like her, can dress up in geek-friendly... Okay, geek-pandering. Costumes at a convention actually make a living off of it somewhat. Hey, more power to her. Um, That's fine. Uh, according to the show, she, is, she isn't she is just the world's most famous cosplay. She is ambassador the ambassador of cosplay. Her face, the entire operation, someone literally, everyone who's ever heard of costumes, respects, knows, in many cases, outright fears. You're starting to are make... Are we
2: talking about the same person here? I don't know. What? I, yeah,
1: I'm, I'm starting to... <laughs> you,
2: you gotta figure, like, halfway through the article he's so Ruddy, he just fucking snapped, and his eyes are, like, pointing in. Two completely different directions, and he's not actually aware that he's typing what he's typing.
1: I don't know. He's starting to make her sound like um, the Queen of Hearts from Alice in Wonderland.
2: Either that, or she's standing directly behind him as he typed with a gun to his head. Mm-hmm. That's the only other option. Well, he That's says what I could think of, and one is more plausible than the other.
1: <laughs> oh wow! Well, he says that she's pretty nice to everyone, so all the footage of her rendering her inferiors asunder and drinking the marrow from the cosplaying bones must have been left on the cutting room floor. Maybe we'll see it in Season 2. If there is a Season 2, please push it to Wednesday nights. That way I can be with my friends in chat with a fresh bottle of tequila. (laughs) Number two. Cosplay is all about the boobs. No, no. It's all about the ass. No, no, no. It's all about the craft we're being honest, any discussion of heroes of cosplay needs to remain as honest as possible. It's not exactly a huge secret why Yaya Han and Jessica Negri are two viable and successful cosplayers. Well, getting creepy about it, two of them use their obvious sex appeal to sell fin- photos of themselves in the dealer's room, which is where I'd imagine a majority of their income is generated outside of paid gigs for video game companies and the occasional anime company. Sure, the costumes are great, but let's... But it's nearly cartoon nature's exaggerated physiques that likely keeps the money rolling in. Let's not kid ourselves about this. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Pin-up modeling is a profession as old as the hills and it's great work if you can get it, which requires almost the same level of dedication to staying in shape and a natural confidence few possesses. But that's what it's all about for only two people readily point to who can make a living doing this. Uh, And there are images in the article where it's all about the craft. And it's pretty much T and A.
2: T, grope, A, T, in that order.
1: Yes. And, of course, there's an obvious night and day difference. Cosplay and number and the number one uh, thing he has learned. Drum roll, please. Cosplay is not about having fun. There's that F word again.
2: Uh-uh.
1: It's the one thing I knew about cosplay. Having spent so much time around those partake, said that the, the chief reasons for doing it, as mentioned before, went roughly in this order of priority: have fun, make something you're proud of, enjoy the companionship of your fellow cosplayers. Walk on the con floor in your masterpiece and let the people see you. There are a variety of other reasons people cosplay. Of course, in my experience, number one is up there. Always took priority over everything else. It was never about money or winning or showing up your competitors. Like the bitch who really bought that Sailor Moon cosplay for eBay, no matter what she tells you about having made it herself. Now, that can be, be pointed at so many people, but let's move on. It's always about having fun. According to Heroes of Cosplay... It's more like this. Number one, shave off years of your life becoming a gigantic, unreasonable ball of stress over every little thing that may go wrong with your Doctor Who except the girl costume. Number two, show up those catty bitches who think they're so great, but they're not so great, you guys. Hey, have you seen my Cloud Strife except the girl costume? Number three, win gigantic piles of money and unending fame for participating in the anime Matsuri comp. Costume Competition, the center of the cosplay universe where the entire international cosplay community watches with bated breath to see who takes the prize at the Houston's Fabulous George R. Brown Convention Center. Number four. Pray that when the eyes of Yayaha fall upon you, her judgment is swift.
2: And that you don't turn to stone.
1: <laughs> judgment time. Number five. Claim to have a wool allergy. Then, sat, then fabricate an entire costume made of wool. Then complain about being sick and expect people to buy it. And the writer is getting off track there. The ladies in the show are chiefly shown in moments of pure stress induced panic when they are not imploding at the idea of missing some cruel detail. On a costume, they apparently start assembling two days before the convention. They're sitting in big circles, sipping cocktails, talking shit about the girls who aren't in the room. Cosplay, after all, is extremely high-stakes, cutthroat world where only the most dedicated backstabber can hope to find fortunate fame on the stage of Wizard World Portland. You go big or you go home. I did not know this was the NBA Finals!
2: Good God.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's just terrible, manipulative, mean-spirited reality TV series that look that completely misrepresents the entire hobby and the craft of cosplaying, makes cosplayers look like a bunch of backstabbing harpies, and generally does, does a disservice to the already widely misunderstood world of people who just like making costumes and showing them off at silly nerd conventions. And the writer doesn't even know anymore. Look, if you want to get on TV with your cosplay, go sit in the audience for Let's Make a Deal. Yep.
2: And for all we know, you might know, you might have fixed you might be surprised to like, Hey, Wayne Brady has heard of whatever anime or video game character you're playing as.
1: There you go.
2: I think that would be more thrilling to a, to a, to a trade Street Fighter banner back and forth with a Wade Brave. I'm standing there on my friggin' Dan Hibiki cosplay.
1: yaji! <laughs> Look, the main fact... I, I mean, I, it's no secret. I love I love my reality shows. But it just irks me when the situations in these reality shows... It's something where, you know, this shit would not happen on a regular basis. Case in point, hardcore porn. Okay? It's getting
2: you said reality TV and situation. In my, and it just kind of hurled in my mouth a little bit.
1: That's fine. Because the shit that they're pulling off on that show is like they're just doing it just to make people just to to laugh and that's all it is the shit that you see on Heroes of Cosplay is just overhyped people do it for fun people shit talk all this shit but you know what let's go back to the shit talking for a second it's all in pure fun it's just bussing balls it's just (sighs) can't have fun anymore I guess
2: which is why it's considered the F word now apparently
1: (laughs) shit
3: yeah, well, I got another F-word for them. Oh, that's, please, let's hear it. Yeah. <laughs> it's called, Fuck You Reality TV. <laughs> and that's
1: the F-word of the day. Hmm. Alright, moving on. Um, how about this, Mako? You take the next article, or you take the next, uh, I guess, the next two, because the next two are pretty much right up your rally. Okay. Alright. And go. Uh,
3: Okay. I thought we were going back and forth, but... I know, but okay. given the topics... I, I have to
1: open this one instead of the other one. Yeah, I'm saying, given the topics, I think you'd be more appreciative if you did this one. Yeah. See, that's your baby right there, so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh,
3: Mobile Suit Gundam Wing Blu-ray release information. The highly anticipated Mobile Suit Gundam Wing Blu-ray has been announced together with some additional information and a video preview. The Blu-ray is set to be released in two limited edition volumes by Bandai Visual. with The first volume including the first 25 episodes and the second volume including the rest of the show, episodes 26 through 49. Both Blu-ray releases will include a beautifully illustrated cover, a uh, box cover, an audio drama CD titled Blind Target, as well as a 32-page booklet and audio commentary. Mobile Suit Gundam Wing Blu-ray has been long awaited in North America, considering that it is one of the most well-known Gundam shows in the U.S. Now the time has come for Blu-ray quality Gundam Wing, with the first volume set to be released on November 22nd, and the second volume set to be in stores on January 29th. Both volumes will cost 29,400 Japanese
1: yen, which is around 296 U.S. dollars
2: holy god damn. so it's
1: not 599 US dollars 599 US dollars 599 US dollars yes yeah, so this will
2: so this will bring back some bad memories <laughs> oh, that's a lot of money
1: <laughs> yeah
3: yeah so you're looking at to get both volumes almost six hundred dollars before tax
1: so this is what you do people you you fu- you go to the Funimation booth tell them you love them how much you would love for them to bring over Gundam Wing, and they will, and you'll get the entire box set for like fifty nine ninety nine. Am I right, or am I right?
3: Yeah, and you know what? I mean, with all the stuff that's on here that is included with this, I would rather see them include the um the OVA. Movie instead of the audio drama, I would like to see them include the soundtrack instead of the audio commentary, and instead of just a 32 page booklet, I would like to see Gundam Wing Zero.
2: So it's a little bare bones for your taste, even with the money?
3: Um, as much as it's cost. As much as this costs, I mean, granted, in Japan, the DVDs and stuff like this cost a lot more than what they are here. But at the same time, for that amount of money, I I would expect more.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And depending on what they're, if they bring it here and what it's going to cost when they bring it here, I would like them to include more. <laughs> But I would really, really like a translated Gundam Wing Zero.
1: And in, and in your case, for that type of money, you will want a real live doll of, of Duo Maxwell.
3: Um, I wouldn't mind a real live doll of Duo Maxwell. <laughs> I finally finished off my payments for Bat Duo, so I've got
1: that to look forward to. No, 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 Bat Duo! Shut up!
2: I just matches not going up to it. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah if you just like the commercial from back in the day with kid sister or my buddy <laughs> my duo my suck. <laughs> my duo everywhere I go my duo <laughs> <laughs> anyway
3: so that's what Japan has to look forward to and uh, it would be really nice if they actually did bring it here I mean, we're looking at, it's almost, it's almost the, uh, 20-year anniversary.
1: That's probably why they're doing it.
3: 2015 will be the 20-year anniversary.
1: Maybe. you old yet, people? Yeah. That's not even. And
3: you know what? You know what? After 20 years, I still hate Relina Peacecraft.
1: (laughs) Everybody <laughs> hates Relina Peace Who are you trying to kid?
3: There's only one group of fanfic writers that has made me actually like Relina. Oh. And that's because they made Relina realize that she was
1: a psychotic bitch. Hell, there's a TV show! Everyone hates Relina! Shh! <laughs> oh my god, that would be a great
3: skit. Oh god, but anywho... Anyway, and yes, that would be an awesome skit.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Gotta get on that.
1: Showing off, well, one way or another. Wow, st- they haven't even hit the two-millimeter mark yet. Wow.
3: Almost, though. It's getting there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, very, Ari. Very, very, very close. Mm-hmm. Anyway, to understand what we're talking about, Ari!
2: Alright, here we go. It's the. Uh, remember that Mighty Number no. 9 Kickstarter we talked about mm-hmm. last week? <coughs> oh, pardon me. Well, uh, let's see. They are up. To, they have. They're at $1.98 million. They're very close to the $2 million stretch goal, which they have, which is bonus boss rush rush mode. Keep in mind that at $2.2 million, we get versions for the PS3, 360, and Wii U.
1: We, got, we gotta keep pushing people. Come on. Well, considering it's only 10 days into
3: a 30-day Kickstarter, uh, I think you have no problems.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm, I'm sure they're loving this. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's also question marks for a uh, and uh, a a question mark after that for an indeterminate amount.
3: (coughs) Yeah, they added those in. Mm -hmm. Um, 3.3 now is a PS4 and Xbox One version. Which was not in the
1: original, I don't believe. No, it wasn't. That was just recently added.
2: It stopped at 3 million, I think. But uh, 2.75 is looking especially good. It's a Beck and Call Online Co-op Challenge Mode.
1: That's pretty cool.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just find it, like, I'm looking at the people, like, they have all of these things, um, where a certain number of backers can get certain things, and there's so much of this stuff that was taken, like, the higher numbers. You get a 500 uh, pledge $500 or more, and that was 200 backers for a signed original sketch, and those are all gone.
2: Ooh, the dinner with Inafune. The- in the food thing? Remember how there was only nine of those? Gone? All, all but three are left. Wow. All but three are gone, I mean.
3: Yeah. yeah. There are only six. six of the nine left. Three people actually pledged more than
1: $10,000. Which, wow. if
3: you look, the next one up is 9999 And two people backed that. And you can't... Unless you, like, purchase both of them, it's not that the people that got dinner got the next one down, too. It's just that, that five uh, people yeah. five people, wanted and put in over $10,000. Two people put in $5,000. Eight people put in over uh, $2,500. So, I mean, a lot of people are putting in a lot of money towards this.
2: They really want to see this get done and I want to see I want to see what it'll look like at the end
3: yeah I'm just really hoping because the thing the the decent like the thing that people are starting to do now is to um, fake putting in money towards this stuff so I'm really hoping that the people that are actually donating to all of this are real people and aren't going to be like you know Screwing other people out of all this stuff.
2: Oh God! Why did you have to even have to bring that up?
3: Because that's the that's the end thing now to do mm-hmm. is to basically fake pledge.
2: Why would people do that?
1: Because people are assholes, and they want their names up there.
2: People yeah, are as assholes. A, as a dishonest asshole, that that's how they want to be remembered as. <sighs>
1: But some people just don't care. Ugh.
3: Yeah, well, as soon so as much. I get some money, I'm definitely putting in at least twenty dollars so I can get a digital copy. Sounds like a plan.
2: You and me both.
1: Alright. Now let's um let's keep going.
2: Alright. This is a more of a bona fide news file. Yeah. The uh Pokemon-themed Nintendo Direct released a bevy of news such as for, uh, Pokemon X and Y. <clears throat>
0: Let's
2: see. Nintendo Pokemon Direct first delved in the history of Pokemon, especially focusing on the wi- wired and wireless communication methods, such as those long-ass gambling cables. <clears throat> Never get beat with one of those? Net <clears throat> yeah. Pokemon Bank is a software that can be downloaded to 3DS, creates a box stored on the internet, which... Increase the amount of Pokemon that you can store to 3,000, with each box holding 100 Pokemon each.
1: Do you really need that many Pokemon?
2: Even if you do the whole Living Pokedex thing, it's only you're going to have less than 700. But then again, people like to uh, breed legend, either uh, Starters or Eevees or Shinies or any kind of combination of those. I think well,
3: a- that's also for more than one game. I think it's. I think you can do like three different games in that. Mm-hmm. In I, those boxes.
1: I have a feeling. I have a friend that's going to have like at least a thousand different Eevees.
2: Yeah. So, uh, it's, it uses cloud storage. Oh God. According to Iwata, another Pokemon developers, he came up with the idea after realizing how m- much players want to be able to keep the Pokemon they train and raised. Players must pay an annual fee for the service to fund maintenance costs and additional compatible versions later down the line. Would will be a free trial period directly after its release of the software, though. Another downloadable software, Transporter, lets, lets transfer Pokemon Black and White, Black 2 and White 2, to Pokemon X and Y. Because, yeah, if you have different versions of the Pokemon games and getting them from game to game is, special, is really a pain in the ass. Mm. Like with the G1 like red and blue, getting them into a gold and silver, like the from G1 to G2 is a, only one way, and they can only learn by getting them back, is like they can't be holding any items, they have to look, they can't know certain moves that aren't in the red and blue's coding, you know, all that, and then Generation 3 came out, and hey, you can't use your G1 or G2 Pokemon anymore, sorry but, uh we find out that not only players receive one of the Kalos Region starters, but also one of the original red and blue starters. Also, these three st- stars will have their own Mega Evolutions.
0: <laughs>
2: mega Evolution is revealed to be instigated by a black br- bracelet called the Mega Ring, huh? Which connects with the Pokemon's Mega Stone, causing the evolution during battle. Finally, there's great news for North America fans: the previously Japanese-only Pokemon X/Y 3DS, exp- 3DS XL bundle will now be available here on September 27th. I mean that sounds all good, good and all, but uh, you know I already have a 3DS. I don't like. I hate like hearing promotions like that because I'm thinking, oh God, I already have a 3DS. I don't want to like. Look, there. Are, look, look. It's redundant for me to buy another one.
1: Well, half the time that, that's for collectors, and there are those who just want to have. Like a friend of mine, he loves Animal Crossing. He went and traded his 3DS for the XL one, the limited edition of Animal Crossing one, and he paid. It was like retailing for like two fifty. He traded his three DS for he. I think it was like a hundred fifty dollars price difference or something like that. Or I don't remember, but might have been more. But there are people that will do that. Hey, but, I mean, uh, knowing me, I would just buy it outright just to have as a collector's. You know, if I had the money, I would have got the limited edition three uh, DS Luigi.
2: Yeah, they have some pictures here of the Mega Evolutions, but uh, like they're not like. There was other Pokemon that were getting the uh, Mega Evolutions. Mewtwo was a big one, which uh, they all f- people everyone they everyone thought was going to be a whole new Pokemon. But as soon as Mega Lu- Mega Evolution became a thing, the uh, backlash was pretty palpable. Hmm. But then they saw you know Mega Evolutions of a certain random amount of Pokemon, and well, their opinions changed again. Hmm. So the uh, Venusaur pretty much has a. A much larger flower and uh, more leaves. Charizard has a uh, you know big fins on its arms, kind of like, they kind of like they were like have blades on them. You know, uh, yeah, like the one guy from a uh, Guilty Gear who like moves really fast and has like has kind of like blade like knife fin on his coming out of his wrist. Mm-hmm. I forgot his name. And Blastoise has two arm cannons and a and a gigantic. Cannon coming out of his back, a single cannon. Wow! But uh, there's no I, there's no word on how they're gonna how they're gonna play inc- compared to their uh, other other versions. But uh, another thing is, someone was saying that that uh, they were ripping they were ripping up Digi- Digimon and their Digilutions, Digivolving. Did I say that right? Yeah. But then someone also later brought up that Digimon was a rip-off of Pokemon, so either, so Pokemon is ripping off itself.
1: And meanwhile, nobody's fucking around with Monster Rancher because it's Monster Rancher. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so apparently this, someone can interpret this as the result of inbreeding.
1: Mm. Anywho... We're not down in Kentucky Let's go on Before we continue I would just like to say hi to Panda Pandalicious from uh, Electric Sisterhood Who decided to crash the podcast So she's in our chat room now So if you liked If you heard before us Swing through and say hi So hi Panda Hey Panda Hello Okay now let's wrap Dirty up here.
2: mouth I choose you <laughs> Oh
1: God. Mm, you're terrible
2: hey, You brought that upon yourself
1: Yeah I know <laughs> so let's hurry up and get these last three articles out of here. Um, sazae san enters Guinness World Records as longest-running animated TV series. The anime adaptation of Machiko Hasigawa's sazae san manga has been recognized by, the, by Guinness as the world's longest-running animated television series, surpassing The Simpsons. Actress Midori Kato, who voices the titular Saze, accepted the award at a ceremony which took place in Tokyo uh, last Thursday. Sports Nippon reported that uh, Kato has been voicing Sazai-san since the show began in 1969. Upon re- receiving the award on behalf of the show, Kato said this award is a reflection of the fact that Japan has been watching and supporting our show the whole time. I'm overwhelmed. I hope to be able to continue working on the show, taking great care with each and every episode. The anime adaptation of Sazai-san manga began airing on October 5th, 1969 and celebrated its 45th anniversary this year. Over 2,250 episodes of this family-friendly cartoon has been screened in Japan as of September 1st.
2: Damn. Wow. I never heard of this until now.
1: Who knows, we might be able to find fan subs of it. Oh.
2: Now, I wonder if all those uh, episodes from the 70s and 80s have lasted.
0: Uh. Or did...
2: Or if they did like, uh, like what you know, American networks have done, just you know, erased or taped over, you know, stuff in their library that they were running out of space or needed, needed tapes for, or it resulted in shit getting deleted and lost.
1: Yeah, it happens. But um, <clears throat> moving on in our what's local in Japan articles, man in cloak tiger mask donates 100,000 yen to tornado Damage school out in Chiba. A mysterious benefactor this week donated 100,000 yen to an elementary school that has been hit by a tornado. According to local officials, a man arrived in a primary school in Noda by bicycle on September 4th, wearing a cloak and a tiger mask. TBS reported this Saturday. This past Saturday, he then reportedly handed a staff a book and left without giving his name. The school staff found 100,000 yen inside the book in 500 yen coins, along with a note which read, please use this for the restoration of the school and care of the children's hearts. The character of Tiger Mask is a benefactor in popular manga series. The man grows up in an orphanage to become a professional wrestler. From then on, he donates the money to the orphanages. Sounds like natural libre, but um... The tornado hit the area last Monday, causing damage to property and injuring several people. It then moved 14 kilometers to Noda in the neighboring Chiba Prefecture where it continued to wreak havoc. In response to the anonymous man's donation, the Board of Education said the money will be put towards expanding the school's selection of disaster provisions. And I think that's pretty freaking awesome.
2: Uh, drive-by donations?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Real-life Superman, boys and girls.
2: I think it's pretty awesome that he did it completely in character, aside from riding on a little bicycle. Mm Mm-hmm. But, uh... Yeah, what uh, iteration of Tiger Mask are they up to?
1: I have no idea.
2: Because <laughs> uh, the last one I, I thought I heard was I think four or five. Cause I remember one of the Botchamania videos was uh, doing a Puroresu skit, and uh, this this one guy was uh, shouting on a microphone, with had his like face hidden with a, with a uh, cloak, mm-hmm. or like a jacket, and the captions read, "Hide my face. You are a disgrace <gasps> to the Tiger Mask name." And this is coming from Tiger Mask 4.
1: <laughs> wow. All uh, right.
2: Fun fact about the Tiger Mask his rival Black Tiger is always a foreigner and was at one point portrayed by Eddie Guerrero. Mm. He was he was Black Tiger Tiger number 2. Wow.
1: Well, moving on to our last article, then we'll open up the Skype line and take any calls that come in. Um, this can't end well. Akira predicted Japan hosting of the 2020 Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> the Olympics are about to explode. This past Saturday, Tokyo defeated Istanbul for the right to host the 2020 Olympics even after concerns that the lingering effects of the 2011 Fukushima Daiichi nuclear disaster cause contamination and safety concerns for athletes and spectators. Tokyo can be trusted to be safe pair on hand and much more. Mid leader and IOC member Tsunaku Takeda, no, Tsunekazu Takeda said in the final presentation, Our case is simple vote for Tokyo and you vote for guaranteed delivery. Tokyo is the right partner at the right time. And they assume that everything is going to be okay and there will be no damage done to Tokyo. Uh, but here's the thing this is a severe, hilarious red flag for everyone who has seen the classic 1988 anime Akira. In the film, Japan is set to host the 2020 Olympics. Seriously. Several years after an explosion destroyed Tokyo, seriously, at the time, that was in reference to the last time Japan hosted the games back in 64, when the fallout from World War II was still fresh, but the atomic bomb of Hiroshima and, and Nagasaki had more or less wiped from the minds of the Japanese. Now it just eerily present and can replace Chicago wins the World Series in 2015 and Back to the Future 2 as a Nostradamus 80s movie prediction of choice. I won't spoil the film if you haven't seen it. But if Japan starts building a glorious Olympic stadium, we should really, really check to make sure what they're hiding underneath it.
2: <laughs>
1: so, who's hosting in 2024? Shinganshima? Shingashina? That, that, that's kind of fucked up. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. And the Skype lines are open. Um, Just give us a buzz at Anime Jam Session. We'll take your calls. But due to the nature of us running late with with the show and so forth, we may only keep it open for a couple of minutes. So, yeah. There we go. Misspelled the stupid name. Yeah, I was about to say something about that. Yeah, I I fixed it. I fixed it. I was was in a bit of a rush. (laughs) Sessoin? Sorry, it's Session. Anime I, um, jam session.
2: Uh, to, to answer hockey comments question, I don't think so.
1: No, I don't. That that that's just blind luck if you ask me.
2: And as you know, in as uh, part of the backstory is that uh, people are violently protesting the uh, twenty twenty Olympics in Tokyo. In in, in Akira at least.
1: Mm, yeah. I, 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 I can see that. Ooh, what
2: if they re- what if they act out the last few minutes of Akira, that big confrontation between Tetsuo and Kaneda, as part of their opening ceremonies?
1: That would be awesome. But you know what? They they gotta have um to, uh, you know, no no not to, uh Kaneda in the motorbike driving down the road holding the Olympic torch. <laughs>
2: that would be awesome.
1: Tell me that would not be awesome.
2: Or if, or if they're going to do what England did and just completely self-parody their own, you know, their own Britishness. For all we know, the Olympic torch can be lo- can be lit by a Goku cosplayer firing at Kamehameha.
1: That would be hilarious. Oh, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Just shut up and take my yen.
2: Or sending in this case. <laughs>
1: Or then, when it comes down to the end, you see all the Sailor essentially doing the Planet Power Attack. They just fu- to shoot the um the torch up in the air to, for it to land in the proper position. <laughs> oh God! Can you just imagine opening ceremonies with AKB forty eight? <laughs> oh, and you know what? I wouldn't be
3: surprised about that.
1: No, yeah, you're
3: right. The opening ceremonies always have. Like their artistic talent, so it's going to be a lot of probably J-pop musicians. I will and
2: look, stuff.
1: If they get as long as t- if they have TM Revolution doing it, I will watch. F that, I will watch.
2: Yeah, you know, we'll we'll all be gathered around the TV with big fucking grins on our faces, doing this is the most awesome thing we've ever seen.
1: Not an um, Ozzy Marcos or a Pikachu. Can you imagine just, Pikachu just shoots off a spark that just kickstarts the flame? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, nobody's called in on our Skype line, so we are shutting it down. So. Let's
2: go way further back than that, like Astro Boy.
1: Flying you know in the would air, be really ho- funny. Flying in the air, holding, holding the, um, holding the torch. You know what would be really funny? What? What? Shin Chan
3: bending over and farting, <laughs> and lighting something on fire, <laughs>
1: which lights the torch. <laughs> Okay, that's it. We are having way too much fun. I'm done. Hypothetical. I'm done. <laughs> we'll be back. i Begin and uh, I just saw this pop up on my on my Facebook wall. Yoko Ono to release 10 inch with the RZA from Wu Tang Clan.
2: Oh what? God, do we even have to make
1: fun of that? You heard me. Yoko Ono to release 10 inch with the RZA from Wu Tang Clan. Okay, I'm not even touching that with a 30 foot pole. Anywho, if you like what you heard, tell a friend. They in turn will tell another friend, and so on and so on and so forth. We do this for free, for the love of what we do. We're not biased, unless you pay us. Starting price is ten thousand dollars, and even then, some. But definitely check out our website, AnimeJamSession.com. dot com. Um, new articles are up uh, from Uni from Cosplay Blog with a blank with a brain. Uh, she interviews. Da, 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 da. Come on, open. Well, there we go. Uh, interview with Jerry Polence. Um, golf player from Washington. Check out the article; some cool stuff. So definitely, guys I said, Jack is at animejamsession com. Where we have links to our podcast. For some reason, you can't get to it because of a filter, uh, firewall, or a block or something like that. You can find us on Podcast Alley, iTunes, Stitcher, Miro, Double Twist, and Xbox Music. Fi- we just ask if you follow us on iTunes or xbox or any sites 5 star reviews if you give us one we'll gladly read it on the air cause you're awesome like that definitely check out our youtube page at youtube.com slash anime jam session tv where I slugged slugged it through and I have brand new videos up um
0: Woo-hoo!
1: I believe big apple pony con videos are up the way they're supposed to be more or less hopefully and then the uh, spring fest videos are up I had to go back and redo the um, the masquerade video because I had another set of overlaying letters. And I'm like, you know what? If I left this in, it would be a, drag- a gradual improvement. <laughs> but yeah. Let's see what else we have. here. But definitely check us out on our personal YouTube page. You can find me at youtube.com. Ari is at re22682. And Makochan is at Jupe Luna definitely follow us on Twitter twitter.com slash anime session definitely follow us here so you will know when articles are coming out photos videos conventions that we're going to like uh, this weekend me and Ari will be at um, Nauticons a 21 plus anime con long story short all bets are off
3: yeah I'm sorry to miss that one
2: Oh, I'm going to drink Massachusetts under the table.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we're up there by Cape Cod, so we might see um uh, um um what's her name? I don't
2: know who you're talking about.
1: Stewart. Uh, I cannot remember her first name. Martha Stewart. Su- yeah, Martha oh, okay. Su- We might see her up there. We might have to toss it. we might have to tell her to beer us one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: nice.
1: Uh, definitely check us out on Facebook. Facebook.com slash anime jam session. We are up to two thousand five hundred and thirty fans and likes. I just have to say thank you. Thank you so much for the for the appreciation, the likes. Liking the page, the photos, the articles, everything that we do. As long as you keep liking it, we'll continue to add more. I do believe I have another batch of photos to post from cosplay for a Cure event. Um, I'm going to try to get those up uh, tonight or tomorrow. Definitely find follow us on Facebook, though. You can find me at facebook.com slash s, and Mako is at facebook.com slash Makoto Kino. Go over there and like her. She could use some friends. Hey. Well, her closet's thinning out, so she needs new friends. Uh You're the one with the rope. Whatever. Hmm. See what I'm saying? But definitely check us out. Jay, definitely check us out on the VOG Network. Remember, we're live Tuesdays, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Encore presentation Thursdays at 1 p.m. But on the VOG Network, Voice of Geeks, it's more than just us. you got video games, World of Warcraft, pop culture, science fiction, British programming. So you definitely want to check out Critical Myth, British Invaders, Podculture, the Live, Electric Sisterhood, Girls Gone wow, and house But definitely check out the flagship programming of the network The Cornerstone of OG. The Bobby Blackwolf Show, and Orange Lounge Radio. Both shows start Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I think that was it. I think it's one of the fastest on uh, run- uh, run-throughs I've done. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Eh, uh, more or less. So, Ari, last words?
2: I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on that really out there Japanese opening ceremonies for 2020.
1: <laughs> I expect I expect an article about this from you. I expect nothing, nothing less than that.
2: Okay, you got it.
1: With the most
3: outrageous opening... That you can think of <laughs> yes oh,
2: definitely I'll get right on that
1: last words Mako-chan I cannot wait
3: until I can go and get some milk and cookies cuz I should have done that
1: before the show started and then you're gonna go into the kitchen and the cat's gonna be like you can't have this this is mine yeah probably Let's See. My last words. It's 311 miles to Provincetown, Massachusetts. We have a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Yeah, can you tell we're psyched for Nauticons this weekend? Yep. Oh, yeah, so... Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. We'll be here. Same VOG Network time. Same VOG Network channel. So I've been Ranma.
2: I've been Ari.
1: And I'm Akachan. Great fight. Great night. See you next week. Maybe even sober. (laughs) Sober. (laughs) You mean hungover. Uh,
3: Maybe.
2: We out, bitches.
1: Night. Say goodnight, Mako-chan. <makes noise> goodnight, Mako-chan. <laughs> Works every time.
0: has been a production of Anime Jam Session AJS Productions. There were no fanboys or fangirls hurt, maimed, or killed during this episode. This time, the views and opinions on this show do not reflect the entire staff or network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it. And if you would like a transcript of today's podcast, start typing. Visit us at AnimeJamSession.com and VOGNetwork.com for more information about the show. See you next time.